Welcome to Know Your Foe on Colts.com, an in-depth look at the upcoming matchup. Here are your hosts, Casey Vallier and former Colts wide receiver, Bill Brooks. Welcome in to Know Your Foe on Colts.com. I'm your host, Casey Vallier, and joined as always by Colts Ring of Honor member Bill Brooks. And the Colts, they host the Washington Commanders this Sunday. And to get us up to date on the Commanders that come to town to Indianapolis, we welcome in Sam Fortier, who covers the Commanders for the Washington Post. Sam, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I appreciate you guys having me. Of course. Well, when it was announced prior to the season, we all thought this would be the return of Carson Wentz against Matt Ryan here in Indianapolis. But now the only thing true in that is that the game is going to be an Indy against the Commanders and the Colts. Carson Wentz on IR. But I want to talk about him to start. I know he's currently on IR, but to this point, how would you rate his play? I know the record is what it is, but how do you rate the play of Carson Wentz to this point? Ooh, that's a tough question because I do think he was particularly up and down. I think we saw a lot of the roller coaster play that you guys probably saw last year. I, I am grading him a bit on the curve, though, because, you know, obviously he was in similar offensive styles in Philly and Indianapolis. This, an Air Coriel based scheme with offensive coordinator Scott Turner, was a little bit new for him. And anytime you have a guy that might be prone to hold the ball a little bit longer anyway, when you're asking him to change the way he reads defenses, yeah. change kind of the scheme he's going to inherently do that a little more. And, and obviously Washington's defense did not help him out at first. Uh, you know, he was leading the league, I believe, through five weeks in terms of dropbacks and especially true dropbacks. So they were asking him to do a lot. He was not great. He had some of those, uh, you know, big turnovers, as I mentioned, but he also made a lot of throws that quarterbacks just haven't been able to make in Washington. The, the baseline for evaluation is, is pretty low here. Uh, Ron Rivera had seven quarterbacks in his first two years none of them were particularly good they threw the ball short a lot so anybody that could rip a throw down the seam I think uh was prone to get you know good reviews from the fans even though he had some bad mixed in now as we mentioned we won't see Carson so I guess we'll kind of dive into the guy we will see in Taylor Heineke I know he's definitely had his ups and downs in his time in Washington but it seems like the locker room really rallies around Taylor Heineke Look, this guy was on his couch going back to school and doing like online classes in fall of 2020 when um, you know, wow. they benched Dwayne Haskins. And, uh, they, you know, they basically called him back as an emergency COVID quarterback. Uh, Dwayne Haskins gets cut. Alex Smith gets hurt. And uh, they decide that rookie Steven Montez isn't going to be able to go. Uh, they don't think he's ready for a playoff game against Tom Brady in, in the wild card round after Washington won uh, – you know, one of the worst divisions of all time in the NFC East that year. So uh, they tapped Taylor Heineke, and, and he has really played with that same energy, the abandon. The, this might be the last time that I am ever on this field that he did in that game. And, you know, you saw the pylon dive, and, and really what he's done since is he can, you know, he, he can really test defenses with his legs. Uh, he, he's very smart with the ball. He can get through his reads. Um, and he has, a, I think, a true sense of, when he's holding the ball too long, it could take a sack versus when he's holding the ball and, and allowing things to, to be open up and, and create plays. So I think those are his strengths, even though he might not throw the ball down the field super well. I think he does a lot of other smaller, subtler things particularly well. Now, Sam, last week was the third game back for running back Brian Robinson after being shot this summer. And he had a productive day along with fellow running back Antonio Gibson. Is this the one-two punch the commanders were expecting at running back this season? Yes, this is absolutely what they were looking for. They wanted Brian Robinson, a physical between-the-tackles runner, uh, to kind of set that tone and that tempo, and they want to use Antonio Gibson on the edges, try to hit some explosive plays. They want to get him out of the backfield in routes, in space, 
J.D. McKissick, their third down back, uh, has seen definitely fewer reps in the last few weeks. Um, but, but he is another compliment that you know can turn check downs into first downs, as they like to say. Now, the commanders not only have talent at the running back position, Sam, but they also have talent at the wide receiver position in Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, and Terry McLaurin, who played here locally at Cathedral High School. Now, I know Jahan Dotson has missed the last three games because of an injury, but both Samuel and McLaurin lead the team in receptions and yards. How has this wide receiver group performed thus far this year? I think it has mostly been what they expected. Uh, there's certainly been some frustration until last week for Terry McLaurin. He wasn't seeing the number of targets uh, and, and the number of uh, receptions that, that he would have liked. Um, though with Terry, who's a really good guy uh, and, and you know kind of keeps things uh, to himself, you wouldn't know it. He's, he's not a guy that would complain about it. Uh, but I think last week when he caught a touchdown and uh, he, had, uh, he was particularly animated in yeah. celebration, yeah. you saw some frustration coming out. Um, uh, Jahan Dotson, Coach Ron Rivera said today that he is not expecting him to play this Sunday, so he will not be there. Curtis Samuel is in, in a similar way to Antonio Gibson, kind of a gadget guy, can run some, uh, can run out of the backfield, can can create yards after catch. They use him uh, shorter. He, he's a really trusted third down target. Taylor had a, a huge one on third and eleven uh, to him last week. So I, I think that this group is is has performed well, but I, and, and I don't think that it's necessarily. The team has underperformed, uh, but I think that they are looking for even more out of them, particularly with Jahan out. We're talking with Sam Fortier, who covers the Commanders for the Washington Post. I want to flip over the defensive side of the ball. We know Chase Young, he's still kind of working his way back from injury. I don't think we're going to see him this weekend. But when it comes to you know him getting back on the field and joining Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, is this probably the best defensive line in the NFL? <laughs> that is, uh, that's a tough question because in 2020, when they drafted Chase second overall, you thought, okay, you know, four first rounders, they should be. They were not last year. Uh, they were right. far from it last year, and that's even before Montez and Chase went out. Um, you know, each around week nine, week ten, um, and, and really, I think that had a lot to do with a lack of discipline, lack of rush lanes, staying, you know, running games together. I, I think that. When, especially early in the year when they weren't getting the sacks that they had hoped for, uh, you really saw that group kind of come apart a little bit. And obviously, uh, now that Montez Sweat's back uh, from his injury, uh, they're playing much better. Uh, the compliments uh, who are filling in for Chase Young, F.A. Obata, Casey Tuhill, James Smith-Williams, those guys are, are holding up their end of the bargain and they're working together. I think that has been a huge part of why this defense has rebounded this year. Now, I want to stick with those guys, Allen and Payne, because that's an area I'm excited when I look at this game on Sunday because guys here in Grover, Stewart, and DeForest Buckner have really been kind of highlights on this defense. So we know what those two provide for this Colts defense. Can you talk about what Allen and Payne do for the Washington defense? (laughs) Oh, man, they do a lot. I mean, they are the interior pressure. They're a force. You have to – you know, focus on them uh, if you're if you're an opposing offensive line, and really, I think that um, what they've you know really done for each other, and especially when you're able to contain and set the edge, um, and, and sort of keep uh, plays from becoming explosive from from quarterbacks rolling out, because so many quarterbacks, as you guys I'm sure are seeing with Sam Ellinger, like are able to scramble now, and so I think yeah. what Payne and Allen allows you to do, if you know, everybody's working together. It's just generate pressure up front and, and, and honestly stop the run. I mean, last week against Aaron Rodgers, of all people, Jack Del Rio did not blitz until the last play of the game. He let the front four do their thing, and he wow. trusted them to generate pressure to stop the run all on their own. And uh, I think that was a really notable strategic development 
um, from Jack Del Rio. It's one of his best game plans we've seen in the three years that he's been here. Now, Sam, a lot of attention is given to the defensive line, and rightfully so. But a player who doesn't get a lot of attention is linebacker Cole Holcomb, who leads the team in tackles. Now, as of this moment, this recording, he's listed on the injury report for this week. But what does he mean to the commander's linebacker group and this defense? Oh, the defense, he's huge. He wears the green dot. He calls the plays. He gets everybody set. Uh, the middle linebacker position is not what he was drafted to do. He was drafted as an outside guy. And uh, because they had such a struggle with their first-round pick from last year, Jamin Davis taking the mic roll last year, uh, he kind of stepped in and, and slid in and has, has become the voice of this defense. Uh, we didn't see him today as a foot injury, as you mentioned, um, and, and I don't know if we're going to see him Sunday. If we don't, I imagine uh, that David Mayo, a veteran, uh, will take his place, and, and certainly David Mayo is, is quite good against the run. It could be John Bostic also, but I think it'll be David Mayo. Uh, that's what it was today at practice. If you see David Mayo, uh, he's going to get the run, but he is a, an absolute liability in the pass game, and, and we've seen teams, anytime he's on the field, uh, check into plays where they can target him with a tight end or uh, a running back out of the backfield. So Cole Holcomb, if he plays, would be a big boost uh, to this defense. Now I want to move to the secondary. Now this defense is second in the National Football League in third down percentage at 29.5%. I know the success of a pass defense is a function of both pressure by the guys up front and coverage in the secondary. How much of this success can be contributed to the secondary of the Washington Commanders? That's a good question. I think, like you said, it's both, right? Like when, last week, I thought a great example, when they were only having to rush four every snap and you get to drop seven in coverage, that is a huge benefit, um, especially when you know, the, the, the Packers didn't have playmakers, um, you know, the, the level of playmakers that they, usually, they have had in the right. past. So I, I think the secondary is, is a big part of this as well. Um, I think that unit is gelling. Cam Curl, uh, the strong safety, uh, who sometimes will drop down and play the slot in their, in their big nickel sub package, he is a big part of that. He missed the first two games uh, with a thumb injury. And so for him to be back and be able to coordinate with those guys, that's a huge deal. The, Washington has also gotten better since in week five. They benched William Jackson III, uh, who was their, you know, one of their big splash signings in 2021 was supposed to be a cornerstone of Washington's uh, rise back to relevance. And, and he really uh, struggled, particularly with uh, the zone schemes, even match zone where you're applying man principles. He's a man-to-man corner in Cincinnati. He played really well. But since he has been benched, they've actually gotten much better. Uh, Benjamin St. Juice played really well on the outside, basically won them the game in Chicago on Thursday night football. Uh, so this secondary is, is certainly playing well right now. Now, last couple things with Sam Fortier covers the Commanders for the Washington Post. I want to talk about a little bit off the field. We've heard the noise and the buzz regarding the owner in Washington and then you know the comments that were made here by Indianapolis owner and Jim Ursay. I want to go outside of the field, and I want to get the buzz of kind of the fan base and the community about what's going on with the Commanders. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, uh, I think Jim Ursay gave every a lot of Washington Commanders fans exactly what they wanted to hear, right? I think that this fan base, if you go back in the history, was a cultural institution yeah. for a lot of people because it was, you know, the only football team in the NFL below the Mason-Dixon line for such a long time. Right. And uh, this team had such a rich, uh, you know, excited fan base, led the league in attendance for a long time. In the last 20 years, it's really decayed. And so uh, it's down now to where they're having to, you know, take out seats at the stadium and now the capacity is down from like 90,000 to 60,000. So um, when Jim Hersey said that, I think that a lot of people who are fans of this team or are lapsed fans uh, were quite excited. I know that there's some investigations still pending, uh, but this sort of feels like, I think for a lot of people, like 
if Jim Irsay is going to come out and say this, maybe we actually have a real chance to get rid of this guy. And uh, I don't know if that is actually going to be the case. But uh, Jim Irsay's words meant a lot to people around here. Well, it's definitely something we'll all keep an eye on for sure. Now, bouncing back to the field, lastly, both the Commanders and the Colts, not really where they're hoping to be at this point in the season, but another chance to, to get a win comes this weekend. What are your expectations for the game on Sunday? And then looking at it from Commander's perspective throughout the rest of the year. <sighs> this is a good question. Uh, I would say I expect it to be a competitive game. I think that um, this defense – certainly feels like it is going to be able to contain Sam Ellinger. Uh, I think Jack, Jack Del Rio has, has done historically well against young quarterbacks particularly. Um, and just with the way that they're trending, I think that, that they feel pretty good. I know Jonathan Taylor and um, some of the other weapons on the Colts offense um, are, are formidable, but I think they'll be able to keep it close. And with Taylor Heineke, they have really developed an offensive formula. They're going to run the ball a lot. They're going to run play action. They're going to use motion. Uh, they're going to dress it up, and, and he is going to be able to keep them at a negative Lane. That's the biggest difference in this offense. Um, you know, is they're not taking the sacks that Carson Wentz took. And so, to me, I think that Washington is, is probably going to sneak out a close one. Um, I don't think that's biased by me coming to you know their team facility in Virginia every day. Right. Uh, but, I, but I think they'll be able to. <laughs> I think they'll be able to sneak out a close one and uh, get back to five hundred. Well, there you go. Sam Fortier, who covers the commander for the Washington Post. Sam, thank you so much for the time and enjoy the game. Of course. Thank you guys for having me. The Colts host the commanders on Sunday for a 425 kick. Next week, the Colts are on the road as they travel out east to take on the New England Patriots. To get us caught up on everything with the Patriots is going to be Tom Curran, who is a Patriots insider for the NBC Sports in Boston. This Sunday, it's the Colts and commanders from Lucas Oil Stadium. For Bill Brooks, I'm Casey Valle. Enjoy the game and go Colts.